because we did not expect it, but God is in control. Jesus, Jesus. Giving glory and honor to God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place to reign as only you can reign. Yes. Giving honor to my bishop, John Crockbrown, this morning. My pastor, Teresa Crocker, this morning, Bishop E.J.E. Crocker, in his absence, out with the children on today, <laughs> and giving honor to our assistant pastor, Janielle Crocker, on this morning. God bless you all. Come and go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 28. escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, and laid them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom thou he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. How 
be it, they looked when he should have swollen up or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Father, we thank you for your word on today. Father, I thank you for those that are here on this morning. Father, as your word is going forth on today, I pray that your word may uproot the poisonous viper that some may have allowed to permeate their being. No harm came to Paul despite the venomous viper. Knowing that trials is a part of our journey on this Christian walk. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in each and every one of our lives as you shape and mold us into who you say we are. And Father, we pray that you get the glory out of each and every experience in our lives. Where we can't help but to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Because we know that you are in control of all. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. The book of Acts is a record of how the events surrounding Jesus' life, death, and resurrection resulted in a worldwide movement called the church. The book is certainly not a comprehensive history of the acts of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is more like a photo album of snapshots of the power of God in action. It is a record of an eyewitness who wrote about what he saw and what seemed to be critical events in the beginnings of the church and its movement out of Jerusalem to the rest of the world. One could say that the book of Acts is summed up in this one scripture, Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and all in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We see the Holy Spirit moving through men, destroying the works of the enemy. The background leading up to this story is that Paul was a prisoner on a ship. On his way to Rome, after defending his faith, himself, and appealing to Caesar. There was a storm that wrecked the ship. As the men were grabbing things to hold onto, the centurion commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land and the rest on some boards in other parts of the ship. The soldier planned to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion wanted to save Paul. He kept them from this purpose. 
And so it was that they all arrived safely to the land called Malta, Melita. When it was daytime, Paul was protected by the hand of God and at perils on shore as well as on sea. The men just came out of the sea after fearing for their lives. Exhausted, wet, cold, it was raining. The barbarians showed them kindness by receiving them and starting a fire. Paul helped to gather the wood for the fire, and a viper ran out of the heat and latched onto Paul's hand. A venomous bite will take you out instantly, and a poisonous bite will bite you and gradually get into your system over time and poison you. When the islanders saw this, they said, no doubt he is a murderer who had escaped the sea, but vengeance suffered him not to live. Why did they call Paul a murderer? Did they know him? Were they superstitious people believing that if a viper latched onto you that you were automatically a killer? Did they know about his past? Paul would be the first one to tell about his past. He wasn't ashamed of what he did to the Christians because he believed what he was doing was right at that time until God changed his mind. He would testify about what God has done in his life and what God had delivered him from. Paul shook off the snake immediately and it didn't have a chance to bite him. The people thought surely he would swell up and die. Being that he didn't drop dead, they called him a god. The last time I was before you, I came from rise up. And I encourage you to rise up above your situation. So today, I'm going to talk about rise up and shake it off. I want to focus on verse 5, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. He shook off the beast in the fire and felt no harm. He shook off the beast in the fire and felt no harm. Paul immediately shook the snake off of his hand. He didn't give the snake a chance to bite him. Paul shook it off. Can you imagine a snake grabbing a hold to your hand? You would immediately shake it off. Or would you freeze for fear? such as a, a spider or a mouse, you immediately move and react. As soon as the snake latched him, he shook it off. How much better would we be if we do the same thing? If only we would shake it off. Therefore, we also, since when surrounded by a so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us and let us run this race with endurance. 
that are set before us. Do you have any toxic people in your life? Do you have any poisonous people in your life that you need to get rid of? Use them as your measuring rod of where you are at in God. Can they push your buttons? These people are unhappy, angry, envious, and full of hate, and they want to affect you. They are just a messenger of Satan who have come to buffet you. When they unleash their venom in your presence, shake it off. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Paul shook it off and felt no harm. Throughout Paul's ministry, he suffered trials, persecutions for Christ's sake. He was stoned, he was beaten, he was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, and he was betrayed. He often went without food, sleep, and shelter. During his Roman imprisonment, I am sure he felt alone at times with no other person to support him or defend him. Listen to what Paul said about his suffering. I have worked harder and put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced with death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I was stuck at sea during nighttime. I have traveled many long journeys. I have faced danger from the rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from all people, the Jews, the Gentiles, dangers faced in cities, the deserts, and the seas. I have faced danger from men who claimed to be believers but were not. I have worked hard and long enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without, eat, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Paul suffered for the cause of Christ. This was just one man. What does that say to you and I? The religious folks, the church people wanted to kill him. While going through his struggles in his life, this is what was on Paul's mind. Then besides all this, all of what I have been through, the tests, the trials, the storms, for I have daily a burden of my concern for all the churches. Paul felt the weight on his shoulders of getting to the churches to preach the gospel. He was more concerned about souls than his own life. Paul has such boldness when testifying about the Lord. No matter what Paul went through, he didn't let anything stop him. 
I don't think any of us have experienced the things Paul has experienced. The word lets us to know that there have no temptation taken you, but as such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If God has brought you to it, he will get you through it. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, he has already made a way for you to escape. We have to look unto the hills from which cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. When God opens the door of escape, there are times we linger. Instead of running for our lives, we linger. We get comfortable. We stay in the place that we know God does not want us to stay in. That's no time to be thinking and doubting what God has told you to do. If the situation is separating you from God, run. If the situation is a place where you are not glorifying God, leave it alone. Paul also had a thorn in his flesh. Unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times that it might depart from me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, reproaches, and necessities, persecutions, distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. Paul desired that God would remove the thorn in his flesh. Each time God said, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. God's power works in me best in my weakness. Is that our testimony on today? When the tests and trials come, we are weak, but our spirit man grows stronger. Do we have this attitude? I am glad when I'm in my infirmities, reproaches, and persecutions, in need and distressions, or do we fall apart? While this is going on, God is up to something. Five different times, Paul was given 39 lashes. I am sure that that pain inflicted upon him left scars and affected his body. When I am struck with a thorn, a test, a trial, or a storm, God's grace is sufficient for me. For when I am weak, my spirit man rises up and becomes stronger. When insults and reproach come, I am identified with Christ. Necessities, hardships, and lack cause me to grow closer to God. 
Persecutions are an innate nature in this walk. There's no getting around them. Jesus was persecuted. The saints before us were persecuted. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be in necessities and in those storms, tests, and trials. There is nothing more distressing than being hung on a cross. Paul said, I take pleasure that I suffer for Christ. When we are going through those test trials and storms of life, we are being built up in our faith. God is going to bring us out on the other side, no matter what it is, as long as we don't give up. It is not the end of the world. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You are coming out stronger, bolder, and even more on fire for the Lord. Colossians 1.24, Paul says to the community, but part of my work is to suffer for you. And I am glad, for I am helping to finish up the remainder of Christ's sufferings for his body, the body at large, the church. In all things, we suffer tribulation, but are not distressed. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body. This is Paul's testimony. For I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue. We all are partakers in this suffering, whether you know it or not. You are a partaker in the suffering of Christ. We are hard-pressed on all sides, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. My brethren, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God is working on us and through us when we go through. You are coming out on the other side. When we are going through life and the enemy attacks us, God has permitted him to do so. If God has allowed it, there is a purpose for it. There are times we open ourselves up to the enemy and we cause the suffering ourselves and those that are closest to us. Even God can work through that. God will only let us go but so far before he reigns us back in. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Why? So that I might learn your statues. Take responsibility for what you have done or allowed to happen. I messed up. I stepped out of boundaries. And I want God to get me out of this mess that I have created. This is when we begin to seek him like never before. God will let us sit right there in that mess sometimes we have created. He won't move. You know how when a child, a toddler, a baby gets a little older, and they make a mess in that diaper. 
Yeah, they do that, right? They may cry. They may hide from you. Get comfortable in it like nothing happened. And then you turn around and be like, what is that? <laughs> or in some cases, they go and get the diaper for you to change them. But that's a different story for a different day. But we, as the children of God, act the same way. We act the same way. But God says, no, I'm not cleaning it up. You clean it up. I will leave you right there until you learn some things about me, yourself, and other people. When the trial comes, don't just sit in it and let it spread all over the place. Don't hide it as if nothing has happened and nothing is going on. Somebody smells it. Somebody is sensing it. They know you done messed up all over. Cry out to the Lord and seek help. Seek sound counsel. And there are times when God doesn't need our help. He knows exactly what he is doing in our lives. There are times when we can go ahead of God and make things worse. But whatever you may be going through, shake it off. Don't let it get in your mind. You have to cast down those thoughts that exalt themselves against the word of God. They don't like me. They don't love me. They don't appreciate me. They have rejected me. You meditate on the hurt day and night, and it gets in your heart. Now you treat them differently. When you become offended and allow it to latch on to your soul, now you have a problem with them. Your behavior has changed towards the person. It's your problem and not theirs. They don't even know they have offended you. So who was wrong in that? The other person has gone on with their life. But you have to rise up and shake it off. We mess up when we don't address the situation. And we sit there in that mess. We know we have been hurt. But we don't do what the word tells us to do. You know the word, Matthew 18. That's pride when I say I'm not saying anything. Humble yourself and get it right. You know when a baby has the runs and it runs all up their back. Down their legs, even to their socks. You just got to strip them and clean them. And you wonder, what in the world did you eat? What is going on on in this inside of you to create such a mess? You know, you look at this precious little baby and, oh, my God. But we clean it up. But instead of messing up all over the place, it's floating around in your mind, your heart, and your soul. You have to clean up yourself. I will do this 
shall be a blessing springing forth in Bethlehem. You shall you not know it? Shall you not see all that you've been looking for? Have if only you'd believe. Only just believe. A brand new season, a brand new day. But it's 